Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 94th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. Still mad. Still a little angry. But Carolina's got it. From from what which one is this? Is this is this Torio football or Torio basketball? I'm I'm having trouble keeping count of which sport we're angry at. Baseball is coming back too. So we'll have them in the fold as well that we can be angry. I'm mad at the tennis team. <laughs> they might be having a great season. We have no idea, honestly. Uh the women's team with a nice upset. So that's something to feel cop. But yes, oh overall, goodness, goodness. It is Man, yeah, we are feeling pretty angry. But we're calm. We're we're a little calmer than we were the other night. This is this is the safe space edition of the podcast. This is where we may air out some of those grievances in a less hostile way. Yeah. And look, you don't seem like that's your plan unfortunately. No, nope, I'm still I'm still ready to yell. Uh but this team's got to move on. Tomorrow's a big night for them. At, at Virginia Tech, chance to get that quad one win and really try to turn this thing in the right direction following Wednesday's disappointing loss to Pittsburgh. We're going to preview the second matchup with the Hokies, update you on some stats for Carolina, give our keys to the game before we pick the game, but we start every edition as we start with the pod thought of the day, and this is usually... Carolina-driven only. Usually it's from Dean Smith or Roy Williams. You've heard some Michael Jordan, some other former Tar Heel players and stuff like that, but had a hard time finding one from any of those guys that I thought applied to to where this team is right now. And so we go to current NBA head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, and we all know the success Pop has had at the NBA level this past summer at the Olympic level. Um, And Pop said, It's not about any one person. You've got to get over yourself and realize that it takes a group to get this thing done. And that's the challenge Carolina is faced with. They can't get where they want to get to individually because they've gotten to 18-8 and playing individually. If they're going to make the tournament and if they're going to do anything significant, it's going to be as a team. Kind of like the success of here on the pod. 
the only way that I am successful is if you are successful. So then we're pretty we're pretty successful, I feel like, right? Well, you have you have become the second hardest working man on the show. Wow. And that's Wow, that's that's really saying something considering the the couple ghosts we have that work on the show. Which has allowed the the growth of the pod that we've experienced in the last really the last 10 months since we became the Four Corners podcast. So if Carolina's going to get there, it's going to take them all. They all got to be bought in. They all got to be committed. It's kind of like whenever Roy Williams pleaded with his teams to make the Final Four, you got to be all in. Well, now we're asking you to be all in, to play for the right to maybe go to the Final Four three weeks from now. Because Carolina's... they're. They're in the field according to some people. They're in. They're not in the field according to some people and uh, some even other people. They're not even on the radar. And if I'm being honest, I don't think this team deserves to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked when Lenardi's. It's not. It's not a bracket, but it, it, basically his update came out yesterday, on the day of recording and. They were in. I, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're being too harsh on the loss. But when the statistics back up that this is your worst net loss in nearly fifteen years, and the one prior to that that was even remotely in the same area was a game against Wofford early in the season back in 2019-20. It's it's hard not to feel like that's a devastating loss to your resume yep. and and look this team was in the tournament field beforehand but let's not act like this team was securely in the tournament field so if I'm if I'm Hubert Davis what I'm doing with that is I'm saying look some basically what you just said some people have us in some people have us out some people have us playing in the CIT so CBI NIT, CBW, that's a made up. I don't even know. I, I mean, it's, it's, there is no way that right now on this team, anybody should be feeling like we're pretty secure with where we're at. Yep. You, you've got to bring it every, every game, you've got to realize that now your, your margin for error is completely gone. Yep. I don't know with if where Lenardi has them, and it's even some of the other bracket experts that have them just on the outside, or I think somebody said Jerry Palm actually now has them in, which I thought he had no. them out. No, he doesn't even have them on the radar. Okay, so maybe some. I think I think somebody that was telling me that may have got that may may have gotten whoever that other bracketologist was mixed up, but even still. I think you're if with Lenardi and maybe it was DeCorsi who was the other one that they were thinking of. If they're right, you could probably win the game against Virginia Tech and still be okay if you don't win the game against Duke. Now you're gonna have to go and and, and do something in the ACC tournament at yep. least. You'd have to probably get to the semifinals. But I, I they can't your mindset going into every game now has to be, we have to win. Yep. Because if not, we're not going to make the tournament. That's the that's the thinking that you have to have. And look, I mean, yeah, the other night, it 
it probably felt pretty morbid here. And it's it's hard to feel like there is a reason to be overly confident because we we've talked about it. Well, the it, the scariest thing about this team is that the leadership really just isn't there, and you see it in some of those clutch moments of games. That you know, Carolina. I mean, even the other night. I mean, you saw Caleb Love step up and try to single handedly bring this team back, and then he has the mistake on the turnover that really hurts him. Yep. Um, but he was the closest thing to a leader. That's the thing. We've been real hard on him. We've been begging for somebody to step up as a leader. He's that guy when, yeah, when he's playing well, he looks like that leader. And that's really the only guy that has shown any signs of that. So until they've got that leader, it's hard to feel confident. But again, I, and I'm going to bring this team up probably a lot over the next couple of weeks. That Georgetown team from a year ago, nobody had that team on the radar of making the tournament when they entered their conference tournament. So it can be done. But it's about being able to rally, put the losses behind you, and play your best basketball when you need to. And for this team, you're not in that situation that that Georgetown team was at at this time last year. You can still make it as an at-large, but starting with this game on Saturday against Virginia Tech you've got to you you've got to look like the team that we've seen at home at times this year where we felt like this could be a second weekend of the tournament team maybe even an elite eight team if enough things go right yeah and look the challenge is going to be pretty tough uh Virginia Tech enters with a 16 and 10 record they're eight and seven in the league. They've won six straight games to get themselves back into the NCAA tournament discussion as well, back in the, the thick of the running in the ACC. Um, they've got four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by Keve Aluma, who averages just about 16 points per game. They're the second-best three-point shooting team in the country. They shoot the three-ball at 41% from behind the arc as a group. Um, and they've got a number of different guys that can that can d- kill you from behind the arc, um, and so it's going to be really hard for for Carolina to defend them. Um, and as I mentioned, with their recent winning streak, they've worked themselves back into the NCAA tournament discussion. Carolina's among the last four teams, and according to Lenardi, Virginia Tech is Lenardi's next four out. So they're in the the discussion of the, one of the first eight teams to be out of the NCAA tournament as of today. And so just like Carolina is going to be playing with desperation, so is the opponent. And I think the thing we've seen this team struggle with the most is that they haven't been able to match the other team's intensities on the road. At Miami, at Wake Forest, you go back to Notre Dame, they couldn't match Notre Dame in that game. Now, they've won some road games as of late at Clemson last week, but wasn't pretty by any means at Louisville. But again, not a pretty win. And But Carolina, it felt like in those games, took steps in the right direction that you're hoping can translate into, into this game against Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech is better than both of those teams. And like you, they've got something to play for. Carolina enters as uh, with them with an eighteen and eight overall record. 
They're ten and five in the league, so right now they're still sitting fourth in the ACC. So, if the ACC tournament were to start today, Carolina would get that double bye, which is the most important thing because that means you'd have, you'd only have to win only have to win three games in three days if you won the ACC tournament. As I just mentioned just a second ago, they are among one uh, among Joe Lenardi's last four teams into the field. They have four players averaging double figure scoring still led by Armando Baycott. But I mentioned this today on air at the radio station we both work at. This is a de facto elimination game. Barring either team winning the ACC tournament, the loser of this game most likely isn't going to make the NCAA tournament. Well, I, I, to a certain extent, I agree. If it, Carolina could still make the NCAA tournament, but here's the thing. You lose this game, then you have no choice but to win the game against Duke. Yep. And, I mean, look, I, I think anything's possible. All right, Kevin Garnett. The, the At home, Duke has not been this immovable force that I think a lot of people thought they would be. There could be a lot of pressure that those guys put on themselves with that being K's final game there. You don't want to have that be the situation going into that game. You do not want to have that situation being, hey, when you play Duke, that's your one chance to get a quad one win. You want to take care of that in this game against a team that's streaking, but against a team that you've beaten. Yep, You've already beaten this team this season. You know what they're going to throw at you. And look, the first matchup, now they... I. Carolina did a, a really good job defensively in that game because this is a team that shoots 41% from three. As you mentioned, second in the country. Carolina held them to 18 three-point attempts in that first matchup. So, clearly, Carolina got them out of what their offense is meant to do. And it worked wonders. The thing is, are they going to be able to do that now? And I, I think one of the biggest things about, you know, for, for them is what is the mindset of this team going into this game? Is this a team that is beaten down and saying, yeah, our season's over? Or is this a team that's going to say, hey, let's, we, we, let's turn it up on both sides of the floor, both ends of the floor, and we've still got a chance to make a run at this. I don't think this Virginia Tech team is – that much, if they are better than Carolina, is that much better than Carolina? Or if mm-hmm. they're a worse team than Carolina, much worse. I'm going to be honest. I think they're pretty well matched opponents. I think we saw that the first time. Carolina won by 10, but that game was neck and neck the entire time with both teams really trading baskets most of the way. So it's all about the mindset for Carolina. Are they bringing that same mindset that they brought to the first game? If they do, I, I feel like they've got a they've got a chance to win this game because I feel like now you Brady Manick shooting a little bit better than he was at that time. You're hoping that maybe your guards can find some of that spark that they did early in the season and have one of those big games. But regardless, I think look Virginia Tech's a good team, but this is not a team that should be able to run you 
out of the gym with what we saw from them the first time that you played them this year. Yeah, and you mentioned that first matchup. It was a game where Carolina held Virginia Tech to just 68 points, 47% shooting from the field, and 39% from behind the three-point line. But Carolina got a great night from all five starters. They all scored in double-figure scoring as Carolina just got two bench points in the win. They out-rebounded Virginia Tech on the glass, 43-32. to They outshot them from the three-point line and from the foul line to make up for just a 37% night from the field overall. But the biggest key was what you just mentioned. Carolina's guards in that game, Love and Davis, combined to score 37 points. When they play well, Carolina can overcome a lot of their deficiencies. That wasn't the case the other night. Love was awful in the first half, just two of nine. Had that personal 13-0 run in the second half, but R.J. Davis struggled and Carolina couldn't overcome it. And so the biggest thing is going to see the adjustments that Virginia Tech's made from the first matchup to to now, because Virginia Tech's a better team than they were three weeks ago. I don't know if if Carolina's a better team than they were three weeks ago. And so how does Hubert Mm, Davis adjust to the adjustments that Mike Young's going to make? I think think that's going to be the biggest thing because – He's been out coached at different times this year. And look, he's a first year head coach, and that's going to happen. And some of the guys that have out coached him, the Mike Brays, the Mike Shusheskis, the John Calipari's, not frustrating. Getting out coached by Jeff Capel, very frustrating. So, how, how this team responds is going to be predicated on their head coach. And, you know, I, I think the message you heard from him in that postgame was it took 26 games for him to get to a point where he was mad. And I said this to you off air yesterday, you you honestly just wonder how long this has kind of been bubbling up for him. There's probably been frustration for him for most of the season, and as a first-year head coach, he honestly says to himself probably, hey, look, you know, I'm a first-year guy. How much credibility do I really have in the locker room? Um, you know, some of those self-doubts definitely have to be creeping in, and that's probably why it took him a while to get to this point. But my my thing about the people that say Hubert Davis just doesn't care, we know that's not the case from 2016. We learned that when he was an assistant. He was in the back crying his eyes out after losing the national championship as an assistant coach. Keep in mind that team would later circle back around the next year without two senior guys that were a big part of that team and would win the national championship and his reaction was just as raw mm-hmm. what you would expect. So I think it's been there. I think it's just he's trying to sort of temper it a little bit give these guys time to adjust to him. And I think the other night, just like for many of us, it got to that point where you were like, man, we sh- how, how, how do we not beat Pittsburgh? Like, we should have won this game, and they simply didn't get it done. With this game, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting because, yeah, he's he's got to – you know, he's got to do his part to get these guys ready, but it's also the guys on the team. Mm-hmm. You've got to have yourself ready to go for this game. You've got to put that game against Pittsburgh behind you. And like I said earlier, you need leaders to start stepping up. It's never too late. For us on this side of things, when we get to this point in the season, our evaluation is going to be 
we don't have a leader right now, it's hard to believe that person is going to step up. In the locker room, the mindset should be, hey, we don't have a leader right now, but I'm going to I'm gonna step up and emerge as that guy down the stretch because we clearly need one. Yep. So they're going to need somebody that can provide a little bit of inspiration because you're a team coming off of your worst loss of the season going up against a team in Virginia Tech that's on one of their hottest streaks of the season and is feeling really confident about where they're at right now. So you, the, the mindset in this game is going to determine just about everything that happens for Carolina in this one. Yep, you're definitely right, and I feel like it'll be like all the road games we've seen them play in the ACC season so far. We're going to have a pretty good indication at that first media timeout if Carolina came ready to play or if they didn't come ready to play. Well, here's uh, the last... Go go back and look at the two losses that Carolina has had since we talked about that important three games in a week stretch at home where they got on a winning streak. Mm-hmm. They lost to Duke and they lost to Pittsburgh. What were the biggest issues for Carolina in those games? unbelievably slow starts to the game. You had just humongous runs that Carolina was not able to recover from. You've got to be able to come out of the gate and start fast. And and look, I don't not 5-0 and then they they score for the first time and you forget how to play basketball. Yep. That's what seemed to happen at times. You've got to come out ready from the get-go for this game. You need to be efficient on offense. And one of the things that I said the other night that I think has become more and more evident as the year has gone along, this is a team that when things start to go wrong, they panic on both ends of the floor. It doesn't matter where the mistake is. If it's an offensive turnover, it's followed by a defensive lapse. And if it's a defensive lapse that gets it going, a bad shot follows, a turnover follows. You have got to stop getting into that mode where if one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. There are going to be mistakes that are going to be made. You've got to be able to bounce back from those and continue to do the things that you were doing well. Because in the Pittsburgh game, I thought it was amazing. First two possessions of the game, defensively, you looked really good. You were locked in. You were forced. You forced them into two turnovers. You're feeling pretty good about the start. The minute that they made a mistake by turning the ball over offensively, everything went out the window. So can they eliminate that in this game? Even even to the to to the extent of if it. If if Virginia Tech goes on a 6-0, 8-0 run, and that's gonna happen. can they respond? That that that's gonna happen. That's ball, right? That's that's part. That's of what it. I said. Every level, you're you're going you're you're going to watch your brother play. What I guess rec league basketball tomorrow. There is going to be a stretch in that game where the opposing team is going to score six or eight points straight. You've got it. That is every level of the game. You have had those moments but for these guys it almost feels like it's the first time they've ever experienced it and they just don't know how to react to that you've got to keep doing the things that have 
given you that success. You can't all of a sudden, hey, we're starting to make mistakes. Let's settle for a 28-foot jump shot from the outside. No, keep driving the basket. Even even when you had the offensive foul, keep going there because you're not going to have success from deep. If if, If the shots aren't there and they're not going... You can only heat check yourself so many times yeah. before you realize, hey, it's just not there for me. Go inside. Put the ball inside. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings, and then when we come back, we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 older Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details for a list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hey guys, it's Anthony here from the Heel Tough blog. Make sure you head over and check out Josh's recap of the game that we're previewing here after the game on Saturday. We'll have that recap of the Virginia Tech game for you. He will then circle around and preview the game against Louisville for you. Meanwhile, on the football side of things, weekly storylines return this week. It'll be two weeks of big storylines around Tar Heel football that you may have missed. Make sure you head over and check it out, heeltoughblog.com. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you over here on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog side of things as well. Let's go ahead and dive right into the keys to the game. And The first one is, I think we talked about a little bit earlier, Carolina's got to play with a sense of desperation that their season is on the line. Because that's, that's frankly what it is. And if this is a game where when we talk later that night following the conclusion of that ball game, and I have to question their competitive character, it's not going to be a fun podcast because that means they got beat. When was the last time that we had a fun podcast? Can you can you tell me that one? Because I was you know, I was supposed to be involved in the state recap, but somehow I didn't get involved in that one. Didn't answer the phone. Mm. Um, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, the Duke preview was fun. The Duke recap wasn't fun. 
The Florida State recap was fun. Okay, that by the way, this was a sarcastic question. There, there was this. This wasn't supposed to be I mean, an look, answer here. They haven't. We haven't had a lot of fun ones this year because there hasn't been a whole lot of fun to have when it comes to this team. But I'm tired of yelling, and I'm tired yes. of yelling about effort. And <laughs> I, by the way, I, I, you sound exactly like my father when I was younger. I'm tired of yelling. <laughs> I'm tired of you doing stupid things and making me get angry. He still says those things to you today. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, you're right. So, but that's that's where I'm at. I think that's where Hubert Davis is at. So if I have to question their competitive character, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that likely means Carolina gets beat. There should not be a point in the game where the ball is on the floor and some guy ain't getting a floorboard. Floor burn. There better not be a situation where Virginia Tech has an open look from three and you don't close out on the three-point shooter. There better not be a point in the game where you don't run the floor as hard as you can run it to get position to maybe get a basket or to take away a basket from the opponent in transition. This team better be exhausted for how hard they play on Saturday. Because if they're not exhausted, I might make them exhausted. Um, What does that mean? I've been thinking about this. Uh, Is it legal no. to make your team run during halftime? Mm. Because I am... Not you. I, it's not legal for you to do that. I'm at the point where I would much rather watch them run suicides at halftime when they don't play hard then watch them actually play basketball. Well, first of all, we're not going to see them run suicides at halftime because they can't even show the Roy Williams retirement ceremony during halftime. So we're not going to see that. But I, I this is definite. Look, I have held off on using the word desperation for this season when it comes to games. I, I've, I've said, look, there are games where you have to have a heightened sense of urgency. This is a game where you've got to start feeling the desperation. You've gotten yeah. to that point now where, like I said earlier, there is no margin None. for error. And I put the question out on Twitter the other night, at HTB Anthony, at HTB Josh too, if you want to send in where you think this team is at, right now in terms of what they have to do to make the tournament. Most people gave me pretty much the same response. It was either win win a Virginia Tech was guaranteed and win a Duke, or you win at Virginia Tech, you don't have to win a Duke, but you've got to make a deep run in the ACC tournament, which right now, they're still a four seed, so a deep run is the final. Yep. So that that's I think kind of where people people are at. This game is a must-have for you on your schedule. There, it's it's non-negotiable. So you need guys that step up. There needs to be energy out of the gate. the The saddest thing for me at times this season is that the most energy that this team seems to have at times comes from the blue squad on the bench. Like I, I and and I don't know what happened, but what happened to you know the pregame dance that you'd have one guy Brandon Huffman did it a couple of years ago. Uh, Joel James used to do it. You don't see those moments 
for this team. Everybody's just kind of there like it's a job, like they're doing a job. This should be there should be fun elements to this game. Even if your team's struggling, there should be fun elements to this game. And there just hasn't been that this season. Hopefully they can find that starting with this game, find that leadership starting with this game. And yeah, it, it all will it, it you have to look at is this does this look like a team that is desperate for a win on Saturday? If they do, they're going to win this game, I think. If not, could be more of the same what we saw the other night. The second key I have is they got to defend the three-point line, as we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, Virginia Tech shoots 41% as a team from behind the arc. That's second best in the entire country. Mind you, there's 358 Division I college basketball teams. And it's spaced out. They've got six guys that shoot 36. No, they've got seven guys that shoot 36% or better from behind the arc. And you go back to that first matchup. They limited Virginia Tech to 7 of 18 shooting from behind the arc, which means they did a really good job running them off the three-point line. And I think if you only give up seven or eight made threes, you got a really good chance to win the game because they're going to make them. They're too good of a shooting team to not make them. They get into double digits of makes from behind the arc. It's going to be really hard to envision Carolina winning this game. And it's it's something that the other night they were god awful at. Pittsburgh was ten of seventeen, and most of them were practice shots. There were guys left wide open, and they didn't get hands up. They didn't close out. They never took them. Ithiel Horton looked like Kyle Korver out there. He couldn't miss. And so Carolina has been up and down in that category, defend you know defensively all season long. They got to defend the three point line and defend it well and. This is a game where if you can't stay in front of the ball and your defense is collapsing and you're giving up open shooters, you got you got to be willing to go zone. If 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 you can't stay in front of the ball, they did it a little bit the other night though too, and they just do not have the athletes to really the the biggest issue. They would put the ball in the corner and guys couldn't get over there quick enough. I mean, mainly, I mean that's that's a spot where Brady has has yep. trouble at, and 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 that's that's why I just don't know if there is a a guaranteed solution. Like it seems with most of the problems with this team this year, um, but you're right. The thing that they did so well in that first game, and here's how you know that they ran that team off the line really well. How many how many three pointers did Storm Murphy take in that first game? One. Yep. He is the second leading guy on their team in terms of three point attempts. So Carolina made it a focus to run them off the line. This is it's as simple as this for Carolina. You've done it to this team already. Mm-hmm. You know what the recipe is. This isn't the first time you've played them this year. You've done it. It's on film. You can watch yourself doing this. You've got to be able to match that in this game. And we'll see. I, I mean, they've, you know, Aluma was a guy that I thought Carolina did a pretty good job against the first time. He's, you know, starting to look more and more as we come down the stretch like the player we thought he was going to look like. And yeah, there are multiple guys and there are there, there are two, three guys that they can bring in off the bench that can knock down the outside shots and you the we've seen it. 
I talked about those two losses earlier, the slow starts in the first half. That was an element of that game of those two games. Another element, they simply couldn't close out on three-point shooters. Yep. And those two teams went nuts from behind the arc. You have to be able to take care of business in this game against this team from behind the arc. Look, if you're at least giving the effort to close out and guys are just making tough shots, there's nothing you can do about it. But you can't be giving up three, four consecutive open to at least good looks where it, it, for, for most shooters, it's going to go in. And the last key to this game is what it's been for the majority of road games this year. You can't turn the ball over. Because when you turn the ball over on the road, you give up points. And when you give up points, you usually get run out of the gym, which then means I come on here and yell and scream and nothing gets accomplished. So they turned the ball over 10 times in that first half against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I don't know if we mentioned the fact that they scored 20 points off of those 10 turnovers, which means they scored every time they went down the. I mean, they may have hit a three in there, so there may have been an empty possession somewhere. But on average, they were scoring every, every time around. that yep. you turn the ball over. Which we, which is why it felt so much like a road game at home the other night because that's virtually what happened at Wake Forest and at Miami. And I just my thing. I don't get how it it got that you turn the ball over a decent amount against Florida State in the second half. Now, you let up a lot of points there, but you also turn the ball over a lot against Clemson, but you didn't let up a lot of points on turnovers, and that's what allowed you to stay in the game. How did you go from two games in a row where you turned the ball over a pretty decent amount, but you were hustling back and not allowing teams to score on the other end, to there were just moments in that game against Pittsburgh the other night where they there looked like there was no interest in getting back in transition and trying to stop them from scoring. It yep. was almost as if the mindset was, well, we turned it over. We're just we're giving up a bucket here. Let's try to get it back. And so that's that's if, if Carolina protects the ball, they turned it over just seven times in the first matchup, and they defend the three point line, there's a there's a pathway to seeing them win this game. If they don't do that, it doesn't matter how desperate they play on Saturday. They're going to get beat, and I think that's that. That's going to be the challenge for this group is in that building, in that environment. This will be one of the best environments they've played in front of all season long. Like the road environments and some of their losses weren't even that chaotic. Miami wasn't. Wake Forest was pretty good, but Castle Coliseum. It's it's going to be something tomorrow afternoon and. ESPN's giving Virginia Tech a 72% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's basketball college college basketball power index. That's a pretty low percentage for Carolina being on the road against a, t- a program like Virginia Tech. My heart says Carolina. My head says Virginia Tech. And I think I have to go Virginia Tech. I don't the, the trust factor in this team after Wednesday is irrelevant. It doesn't it doesn't exist. And the only way you're going to trust this team is if they go on the road and win on Saturday and then they beat Louisville on Monday and then they go on the road the next weekend and beat NC State and then beat 
Syracuse and then goes to Duke and at least competes. So there's your schedule right there. Yep. Just laid that. Appreciate that. Like that's the only way we can ever put trust and faith back in this team because they they finally lost the game they shouldn't have lost. And so it's really hard to trust the fact that this team can respond. And I think that's my biggest worry going into this game is was Wednesday night the nail in the coffin. Was that was that the moment where this team gave in and quit? I don't want to think that because they did push back in the second half, and if Caleb Love doesn't dribble that ball off his foot, that game may have had a different result. We'll never know because he turned the ball over. But right now, I'm not comfortable trusting this team to go on the road and and, and, and win this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're you're right. I, I said that earlier that, you know, where is is where are they at mentally? Is this a team that is, you know, ready to put that game behind them and say, hey, Leah, look, this is our only loss on the schedule that is a game we should have won. The other ones, you can make the argument that the team on the other side of the court was better than us, especially as you get further and further away from those games and you start to see those resumes of those teams. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, you wouldn't blame them if, if this is the point that, you got to where, yeah, hey, look, we've been inconsistent all year and we just suffered a loss that we don't even know how it happened to us. So we'll see. I think, yeah, mindset's going to be huge in this one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the three-point shooting a little bit, but I think that Carolina, with having done it against them already, they'll, they'll utilize that to their advantage. Turnovers, I think the good thing is they turned it over seven times the first time they played them. And this is a Virginia Tech team that's very similar to Carolina in the fact that they are not a good team when it comes to creating turnovers from opponents. Mm -hmm. They average 5.1 steals per game, which is outside of the top 300, just like Carolina. So I feel like these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of. I'm kind of with you in the same area. Heart says Carolina. Head says Virginia Tech. I, I'm. I'm going to take Carolina because I think that they will know how important this game is against a Virginia Tech team that is clearly on the bubble, and and I think probably against a Virginia Tech team that. Let's be honest. You were probably looking ahead too on Wednesday night. You probably overlooked Pittsburgh because you were looking at this game. Well, here's the thing. You overlooked Pittsburgh and you lost. Well, now the game that you overlooked that team for, you better come out and play your best game because of it. So I think Carolina does. I think they get the job done. I think it's, like you said, I think it's going to be a lot like some of these other road games that we've seen recently. It's going to be ugly at times, and it's going to come down to the final few possessions of the game. But I think Carolina gets it done and gets that quad one win finally on their schedule. That is going to wrap up this edition of the pod. You heard from Anthony earlier in the show, so make sure you check out the website, Heel Tough Blog, over the weekend. You know where to find the podcast. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we'll pop up. 
like the pod, review the pod, but we do encourage you guys to subscribe to the pod. That way you don't miss any editions of the pod throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Uh, So I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me today. I do want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.